On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, ranking each position group in terms of depth going into OTAs, which are coming up next week. And the big question of the day, would the Philadelphia Eagles really say no if DeAndre Hopkins wanted to come and play here after his release from the Arizona Cardinals? All that and more on today's edition of LOE. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day where you get your podcasts for free. And if you watch us in video form on YouTube, we appreciate it. Each and every one of you for making us your first listen, whether this is your first, 10th, 101st, or 1100th episode here with me and Lou. And who is me? I'm Gino Camilleri, your host, as always, bringing you into the weekend, getting you one step closer to Eagles OTAs. And I wanted to end this week with a discussion about depth. Every position group on this Eagles team right now has at least one guy that you could say, is a superstar, if not a very good player in the National Football League. But when you get beyond that, the depth portion of the roster, where does it get to be a little bit lighter at some positions? That's what we're going to talk about after we talk about the big story of today, which we're going back a couple days because Lou and I discussed this earlier this week. If you're looking at this Philadelphia Eagles team, would you right now add a wide receiver? Absolutely not, in my opinion. If you did, it's going to be at the slot position, somebody like Hunter Renfro, who we brought up in the idea of a trade. But if DeAndre Hopkins, who was just released by the Arizona Cardinals, has his agent get in contact with the Philadelphia Eagles, who of which was one of the five teams that he said he would want to play for, that being quarterbacks he would want to catch a ball from. The other guys were Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts was the only other one in that group, the only one in the NFC. But maybe the only one with two very good receivers right now that would make it difficult to say, yes, we want to go out and sign this player. If the opportunity presented itself, though, and he showed up on the Eagles' doorstep and he said he wanted to play here, could the Eagles potentially find a way to get it done? Well, our friend Jeff Kerr over at CBS Sports reports that, according to the NFLPA, the Eagles have $14,600,000 currently in cap space, which is the most of the five teams available that DeAndre Hopkins said he would like to play for. Now, we know Howie Roseman. He's creative. He likes to use this cap space in ways that not many other people can in some sort of black magic sorcery of sorts. But when you get him into the building, does the pro of adding this player put too much, I would say, friction in between what is currently going on in Philadelphia in terms of this offense. You have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard solidified as your big three. 
We know A.J. Brown. He vocalizes himself a lot, especially if he is frustrated with the amount of touches that he is getting, which you saw a couple times towards the end of the year last year. Devontae Smith comes from the Alabama tree. He'll never say anything bad. And Dallas Goddard is just a workhorse. But in reality, these guys are all elite-level receivers. And who's going to come off the field? You got to weigh the pros and cons here. The pro, when you go to 11 personnel, good luck finding a team that can match up with all three of those guys. Whether you want to put Devontae in the slot or A.J. Brown in the slot, with DeAndre outside and A.J. outside or DeAndre and Devontae, or even put DeAndre in the slot and let him cook on a smaller slot back. The idea of that makes your eyebrows perk up. But do you want to go into that environment currently that the Eagles have, which is oh so good and oh so talked about in in a great way on our show and in the National Football League? Look at Olamide Zacchaeus when his agent called him and said, yeah, I want to come to Philadelphia. Let's speed this thing up. Would DeAndre Hopkins have the same thinking? But would he be willing to not be the guy? Would A.J. Brown be selfless enough to not be the focus of the offense. Would Devontae Smith say, hey, if they sign him for a couple of years when I'm due for an extension, am I going to sign back here? Because they did add another guy. But in another light, this is a business. And the best business decision you can make is adding one of the best receivers in the National Football League to your offense. Could it happen? With Howie Roseman, quite literally anything can happen. When it comes to snaps, when it comes to touches, could you make the argument that maybe Jalen Hurts takes a step back and is running and those plays have to go somewhere else, which they want to add another receiver? Well, you added a receiving running back. He's going to get some of the touches. The big three that you already have are going to probably have a better relationship, better timing, better route running, better route manipulation, a better understanding of their quarterback year over year from what they had last year, which last year was two 1,000-yard receivers. Could you make the argument that they could have three 1,000-yard pass catchers? Absolutely. Could they do that with the guys they already have in-house? 100%. We're going to talk about the depth of each position group. I look at wide receiver, and what if one of those two guys goes down? A.J. Brown has an injury history. Cross your fingers. He's okay and plays all the games like he did last year. You're going to be all right. Devontae Smith, the guy just continues to play through injury. Dallas Goddard, though, if he goes down, is Dan Arnold the next man up at tight end? Is Quez Watkins going to suddenly become that guy that you wanted him to be, but he showed you differently? Is Olemide Zacchaeus anything more than a journeyman in the National Football League? We're going to find that out. I would say at the end of the day, I don't think this deal does get done. I think Howie will want to carry over that cap space when the Jalen Hurts contract kicks in in 2024. You're going to need as much cap as possible. Even though it's just $13 million that you're going to pay Jalen Hurts next year, this world where you're paying a quarterback You're going to have to cut the cost elsewhere. And you've already invested so much at wide receiver. And you're going to have to pay Devontae Smith. And Dallas Goddard is going to want another contract in a couple years when his comes due. 
are you going to sacrifice all that to bring in DeAndre Hopkins for one, maybe two years? I think the path you're on right now in terms of offensive playmakers is the correct path. Keep going forward. But if DeAndre Hopkins wants to come here and play for a bag of peanuts, it's going to be hard to say no. I mean, we've I've wanted him personally in Philadelphia for years. I thought they should have been in on that trade a couple of years ago when he was moved to Arizona. Now you have the chance to get him for free. We'll see what it ultimately comes out to be if he wants to sign a long-term deal somewhere else. If the Eagles were to get it done, it would have to be on a one-year deal, probably around $10 million, in my opinion. I don't think that is going to be good enough to get it done. One of those other teams can find a way and don't allocate as many resources to the pass-catching position, especially Baltimore and Buffalo right now. When you look at you're just paying Stephon Diggs there, and the rest of the guys are still on the rookie contract or the rookie deals, rather, it's going to be tough to get DeAndre Hopkins in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. It's not fantasy football. It's not Madden. This is the real life National Football League. But in the real life National Football League, Howie Roseman has done a pretty good job putting together this Eagles 2023 roster. To finish out today's show, we're going to talk about and rank each of the eight position groups. There's one that we're just going to talk about in a higher light because we know it supersedes everything else. But before we do that, I have to talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. If this is your first time listening to the show or your 1,000th time listening to the show, please listen in because I can't tell you enough how good Built Bar is. Built Bar are? Built Bar is. Regardless, whenever you get them, in whatever form, wherever you buy them from, you're going to be rewarded not just with the most delicious protein bar on the market, but an incredibly nutritious snack, meal replacement supplement, maybe even a sweet tooth craver, which I use it for. It's 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. I mean, heck, when, when I'm sick of eating chicken during the week, I'm going to grab a couple of these built Bars, which I do all the time. My favorite, churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. I can't pick. I will eat literally any of them. Go to built.com today to get your favorite box. Or if you're on the road, you see a Walmart around the corner, go to Walmart. You can get one of their four bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puff. And if you have a Sam's Club membership, you could grab a 13 bar box with their hit flavors, brownie batter puff and trail puff. You will thank me later. I'm telling you these things are the real deal. Go to built.com today, Sam's Club or your local Walmart. Pick up the built bar. It's what everybody's talking about. It's what I'm eating every single day. All right, everyone, welcome on back to this Friday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast taking you into June. It's almost time for OTAs. We're going to be discussing the Eagles 90 man roster, what we think the 53 will inevitably look like. But right now, how it's constructed. The Philadelphia Eagles and general manager Howie Roseman has done a pretty good stinking job at finding as many good players as he has. And in a world where you have a salary cap, in a world where you have a restricted amount that you could pay basically each position, there's essentially a soft cap on each position, but Howie Roseman finds a way to make things happen. And when it comes to depth, those players that fill in when the stars go down, that's what won them the Eagles Super Bowl in 2017. 
Halapuli Vadi Vaitai. Isaac Sayamalu stepping up. When Darren Sproles goes down, when Carson Wentz goes down, it's the next man up mentality. That's what the Eagles have built their roster for. It's the philosophy that they've had since the turnaround after Chip Kelly. And it's found them success. Two Super Bowl trips in the last six years. You almost outduel Patrick Mahomes. You just couldn't get it done. And why was that? Because at the most important position, which we can't even rank, you got to talk about quarterback. In my opinion, having Jalen Hurts supersedes having any of the other players on this roster. And behind him, you have Marcus Mariota, Ian Book, Tanner McKee. Doesn't matter about the other three. It matters about Jalen Hurts. I could not rank quarterback in terms of depth because what it means to have an elite one that hopefully doesn't go down is way more important than any other player in the National Football League. End of story. End of story. It's not the NBA. Even look at the NBA. LeBron got bodied by a team that was a team, a collection of very good players. Jalen Hurts, as good as he is, couldn't win this thing all by himself. But hopefully, he gets some help by what I say is the deepest position group on this team, and that is the defensive line. When you go through the D-line, you have about 15 guys that could arguably make this roster. Howie Roseman has done a fantastic job finding ways to win in the margins. If you look at it, it's Fletcher Cox. Behind him is Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, a young Jalen Carter now. On the outside, you're starting with Hassan Riddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham. Beyond them, you still have Derek Barnett on the roster, which he's not going to make the team, but still, he's going to find a place in the NFL to get some snaps next year. So is Patrick Johnson. Kyron Johnson's a great special teams player. Moro Ajomo, you add as well. Contavious Street, you signed in free agency. Marlon Tui Pelotu is coming back. And there's guys that I left off of this list. You can't argue that this is the deepest group. I think it's far and away the deepest group because you got two and a half, maybe even three groups of starters in there, as opposed to the other position groups on this team where once you get past the top guy, it doesn't look too pretty. But we're going to go to the other line group. We're going to talk about the offensive line. I think that is the second deepest group on this roster. And you're looking at Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens, Lane John. I mean, I hope we say Lane Johnson's name forever. This guy is truly unbelievable. You just drafted Steen. You got Jarek Driscoll. You got Suo Petta. You got Brett Toth and Cameron Tom. Those guys in Suo Petta and Brett Toth and Jack Driscoll and even Cameron Tom, they've all played minutes for the Philadelphia Eagles. Driscoll was in the conversation to be a starting player for you last year. Until you got Steen, he was your next man up at many positions. Suo Petta has played big-time guard minutes for you. Brett Toth, they continue to keep the guy on the roster for a reason. But outside of the big names... It does drop off a little bit. It's not as deep as prior years, but I still think the top helps bring up the mean and the average of this group. You're not going to look at the rest of the position groups outside of the defensive line and say, yeah, there's that many bona fide players that are all pros. It was tough. I went back and forth, but my third position group is cornerback. And what I just said If you look at 
all of the guys on the offensive line, I think there are four guys that could potentially be all pros. At cornerback, you have three. Darius Slade, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox are the best trio of cornerbacks in the National Football League. Dramatic pause for a reason. Darius Slade, James Bradbury, and Avante Maddox are the best trio of cornerbacks in the National Football League. And they showed that last year with having the best passing defense in the NFL. And they held Patrick Mahomes to what? Sub 200 yards in the Super Bowl? That's on your D coordinator. That's not on those guys that played that well all season long. And beyond them, you have Zach McPherson, Keely Ringo, Greedy Williams, all of which were drafted in the fourth round or higher. Keely Ringo, a third round pick. Greedy Williams, a second round pick. Zach was your fourth round pick. Josiah Scott, who had a big interception for you last year. Josh Job, who was your second gunner. How are you going to cut him? Eli Ricks, who's a top undrafted free agent. Makai Gardner, who's a top undrafted free agent. And Mario Goodrich, who was also a top undrafted free agent last year. I went back and forth with the O-line and cornerback for a while. It is deep. This is a deep group of corners. But I just said, I took Landon Dickerson, for example. Like, if Landon Dickerson goes out, can you win a game or two with Suo Peta? Absolutely, you've done it before. If Darius Slay or James Bradbury goes out, can you win with a Greedy Williams and a Zach McPherson and a Keely Ringo? I don't say that with as much emphasis as I did with the offensive line. But I believe they will be in that spot at some point. And that's the reason you added these guys to where the depth at corner now is much deeper than what it was a season ago. Where you're sitting today at cornerback, you have two solidified guys locked in on their contracts for the next three years. Avante Maddox is still paid on his contract. McPherson's a rookie contract. Ringo's a rookie contract. Williams is a cheap UDF or a free agent deal, rather. Josiah Scott is a cheap deal. Josh Job, UDFA. Eli Ricks, UDFA. Makai Garner, the same. Mario Goodrich, the same. They know what they want at corner. They have to have a deep group. And frankly, the NFL, you have to have six guys, maybe even seven, maybe even eight, on standby just in case. Look at the 2018 Eagles. You saw what happens when you lack that depth. They went heavy here at corner, and they got much, much deeper. Going to number four, I said the running back room. I don't think you have all pro caliber players, but I think you have guys that are going to get Pro Bowl votes. And that doesn't mean much for a football aficionado, but DeAndre Swift is going to be a player. He could be a 1,500-yard all-purpose guy and that one bad eye. Rashad Penny could be a 1,000-yard guy on the ground, the most explosive runner in the league last year before he got hurt. Why can't he be that in this Eagles offense behind this offensive line? And then you throw Kenny Gainwell in there, who the Eagles have huge hopes for moving forward. Boston Scott, who is maybe the best back in the Super Bowl. Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks are probably not going to make the roster and for sure could be a third or fourth running back on most teams in this league. I said that this was behind corner because I don't think the top is as heavy. I think there's much more depth than maybe the other offensive skill groups. Because if one of these guys go down, you could still win a game with the other players. You could still be in a position where you're not going to have to change the offensive playbook too much. Whereas opposed to the other position groups, 
you're really going to have to sacrifice in some areas. And let's go right into wide receiver. Why I put wide receiver fifth with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Alemide Zacchaeus, Britton Covey, Greg Ward, Devin Allen, Charleston Rambo, Tyree Cleveland, Joseph Nada, Jaden Hazelwood. After those first two names, let's say one of those guys eats something bad on the Saturday before the game. It's a game-time decision, and he can't go. Well, we saw Quez Watkins step in to be the number two last year. What he was as the number two of the year before. They wanted to upgrade. That's why they got A.J. Brown. OZ had a great season last year for Atlanta, but what is he? Is he going to be that much better than Quez Watkins? Exponentially better? I don't know. Britton Covey showed you nothing on offense. Greg Ward is a journeyman. Devin Allen couldn't see the field. And the rest of the guys are going to make great competition for that fifth and sixth wide receiver spot to see who is that special teams guy. I don't like the depth at wide receiver as much looking at it now as I did a couple weeks ago, to be honest with you. Because the idea of one of these guys going down and you not having that solidified number three, maybe you upgrade. But after that, are you going to get production from four, five, six? Probably not. They're probably going to be strictly special teams players. So that's why I put them fifth. I had to put them behind running back because you can make the argument that all those guys deserve a roster spot. Cornerback is too deep. Offensive line is too deep. And so is the defensive line. That takes us to number six, the final offensive skill group, tight end. I think this one goes unsaid to why it is number six. Dallas Goddard, big drop off. Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra, Dan Arnold, Tyree Jackson, Dalton Keene, and Brady Russell. One of those guys is a bona fide player in this league. The rest going to be a very interesting group to watch a very deep group but is that depth good is it replacement level or is it downright poor because last year you didn't get much outside of Dallas Goddard if he goes down cross your heart man you're going to have to figure out a way to adjust your game plan and much like wide receiver if one of those big guys goes out you have to change your game plan dramatically dramatically you're going to have to find a way to give six to eight touches to somebody else do you trust dan arnold do you trust quiz Watkins, alumide zacchaeus tyree jackson who can't do anything at this point maybe they find somebody else in the next couple months here i think roster cut down day will be very interesting for tight end for guys elsewhere that they might be able to acquire because right now i don't know how this is going to shake out past dallas goddard but they can't sit on their hands if there is an opportunity to improve at this position. Going back to the defense, which will be the final two groups. Number seven is safety. Look, linebacker is bad. We're going to talk about that last. Safety, you have solid guys that you can win with. Terrell Edmonds has been a player you could win with. Reed Blankenship is a player you can win with. Sidney Brown right now should come in and be a guy you can win with. He could potentially be a guy you win because of in the future. But right now, it's probably going to be those three on and off the field with Justin Evans, Kevon Wallace, Tristan McCollum behind them. It's not deep. It's not top-loaded. You're going to get decent play at times. You're going to get poor play at times. 
like I said with tight end, if they could upgrade here, will they? I think so. If you could add a Buda Baker in this Arizona sell-off, absolutely do it. But man, nothing is as dire as linebacker. This, this genuinely almost put me in tears to type out this. For those watching on YouTube, we have it ticking at the bottom. It's Nicobe Dean and then Nicholas Morrow and Sean Bradley and Christian Ellis and Tavian Taylor and Ben Van Summer and like say that without laughing. How are they how are they gonna put this unit out there? They're going to run one linebacker the whole season. They're going to run those penny fronts when they got five linemen and one linebacker all year, if this is the case. Take a look at Patrick Queen. Heck, even Devin White, if you don't want to spend money on a wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, why not add Devin White at this point, man? Let Tampa take some of his salary, try and get him for a little less, but N'Kobe Dean... All hopes to him being healthy all year long because after the production they got last year at this position in Kaiser White and TJ Edwards, and when you could throw Nicobe Dean on there, which you could say that that was probably the fourth or fifth deepest group on this roster last year, there's a huge drop-off from seven to eight, in my opinion. You can lose games because of this linebacking group. Nicobe can win you games, but the rest of the guys, I don't know. Not sitting too pretty, in my opinion. We'll see. Nicholas Morrow was productive on a bad Bears defense. Does that transfer? Sean Bradley, can he take a step up in that department? We'll find out in just a few short weeks here, as OTAs are going to start to kick off. And then training camp. And we have you covered all the way through. As always, thank you for joining us here on this episode, the final episode of Locked On Eagles of the week. Make sure you make us your first listen each and every day, quite literally 365 days a year. Just open up whatever Apple, Spotify, whatever app you use for your podcast. Go to YouTube, watch us in video form as well. Interact with us on Twitter. Catch me at GC24 underscore football. Get my co-host at DBACLOE. Follow the main page at Lockdown Birds. Follow your favorite teams over at the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering quite literally everything in sports today. We have you covered here at LOE for over 1,000 episodes. Hopefully we get to 2,000 episodes, me and Lou together. But that'll do it for this week of episodes here at Lockdown Eagles. As always, Gino Camilleri signing off. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching, subscribing, and listening. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly.